think you should move that up a little bit. But right, because you're so low. Um, I think you always have to. Scream. You're welcome, listeners. You're welcome. I don't even know if this we started the show. We'll we'll figure that out later. Remember, we don't we don't. That's true. Who knows when it starts? This is not the show. This is the pre-show. You did not get that microphone up one iota. Didn't that I? was so much work for. You know, I think what you got to do is you got to go like, got to really up, crank and then it. Let, just anticipate the fall. Just hold it. Yeah. And crank just, it. Uh huh. Because even if it was there, yeah, you're fine. Is it falling? Uh. Yeah, is but it? I have it like extended all the way. I don't oh, think it's really meant for that. It's like an illusion right now. It's falling on me. It's weird. There you go. That'll hold. That extra. That'll crank. be cool. That'll be cool. I think uh, it stripped it. You're going to need to get a new one. <laughs> oh, yeah, good. And don't come to me, obviously. Because <laughs> you've and you've invested a lot into this. Well, it depends on what you think my time is worth. Oh, okay. So you think you that's how much you valued yourself <laughs> so far. Uh, no, I actually I told you the other day I I felt a little bit bad because I was like at that hotel and I was thinking I don't well, I don't remember the thing I was thinking, but I was like thinking, yeah, Marshall's Put a lot into this, which is cool. Not a lot, but relatively. Well, you don't even know. Right. It Rel- could be a lot. Well, I kind of do. Okay, you bougie. Yeah, I kind of do. a lot, man. I kind of do. I know these microphones were not cheap. And I mean, I don't know if anybody knows this, but we have a MacBook running over here. And what else? The, uh, obviously, it costs The MacBook to- I had. That was... that. The kids use that for music and stuff. So that's not the microphone and the podcast and the stands. You got to pay monthly for some promotion, somebody to host it. Yeah. And then, and then, and, oh dude, here's the big one. We didn't even think about the wine, the wine. Yeah. Right. That's probably, you probably owe me $5,000 right there. <laughs> I owe you now. Crap. Yeah. Oh man. I'm Actually, going you know what's direction. on my list? You know how I keep a list of anytime we meet, we need to talk about things. Oh you no. You know what's at the top of my list though? I thought this died in 2020. No, it didn't. I was actually reminded of it the other day. <laughs> thought it died in 2020. I was like, oh, I need to add something I got to remember to talk to Aaron about. And then I look and at the top of this list is, oh, Aaron owes me my wine. Dude, wasn't that from like 2016? No, I. It's it was hilarious. like seventeen, right? Uh, Eighteen, maybe. Can you see a date on when this is. Well, hey, I forwarded the bill to the appropriate person, and you know what his response was? He was like, "Is he serious?" And I go, "Yeah, man, that was like a ninety dollar bottle of wine." And he's like, "Oh crap!" He's like, "Okay, can you take it out of my check?" <laughs> oh, is that what he said? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, no, "You still owe it to me." No. I remember very distinctly saying, "Hey, this is my bottle," and I set it here, and then you just oh, handed it. Man, out. your memory is really good when you selectively try. Yeah. All right. Well, and more importantly, I don't care about the dollar amount. I just care about it was a gift from somebody to me. That's true. So, but when I realize you can't replace that, when I realize the dollar amount, it's like two hundred dollars. Yeah, that's like one time I bought a. I know this is a little weird. I bought a mandolin. Are you talking about the instrument or the thing that you cut vegetables with? No. Is that a real thing? I didn't know that. I've never heard of mandolin used in that term. Thank you. The instrument, for sure. Okay, good. And I remember um, I found it on Craigslist, uh, my brother and I, and we had a connection in Portland, and the guy's like, hey, I know a guy who can get you a mandolin for cheap. I go, okay, cool. So we drive up to Portland. We pick this gentleman up underneath a bridge. I'm not even kidding you. He was like 22, but he lived under a bridge. bridge? Like, um, you know, the kind of cars go over rivers on. Oh, okay. And he gets in the car and he goes, hey, man, here's the mandolin. Cars go over rivers. Yeah. He goes over the freeway, over rivers. He said $75. And I said, hey, man, this thing is damaged. And he goes, yeah, a hobo used it, um, was using it. A hobo owned it before you did. You can't put a price on that. And I was like, you just did it with $75. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, good point. Uh, Oh, so he thought 
Because the hobo used it, the value went up. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, what a salesperson! Because, because dude, in like in like folk music community, like that's big. Like this, this was Hobo Joe's. Yeah, and he actually this kid. Did and he I sign say, it? I say kid. He didn't. No, this kid who we bought the mandolin from. He rode a freight train from I think or a boxcar rather. Like literally hopped on a boxcar with his guitar and went to San Francisco, and that like added to his street credibility. How do you prove that? Can't you just make up a story and say you did that? Probably, yeah. Hmm. And who knows? Maybe he was just lying the whole time. Maybe he did just make it up. Do you feel like you could, in any particular setting, be able to make up stories like that? Like, just to fit in and really make it believable? Yeah. And have you? Mm, no. Oh. I don't know. That's really your more your thing. Because I think that... That's more I, my thing? Yes, it is. Because you actually make a game out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's fun. your thing. Although, I don't know if you've done that in a long while. It, it's fun to see how far you can go. That was like a season of your life yeah. where you were making up stories to be funny and like. It depends on where. But I'm then at. the weird thing is you never really told anybody. So, in a weird way, you just kind of lied to a group of people. <laughs> <laughs> so, kind of in like a roundabout way, you're just a liar. Yes. Yeah, so you're just kind of a liar and you're laughing about it. I don't know. I think I was probably pretty convincing, but I do. There are some people where you're like, dude, that guy is such a douche. And you can tell that nothing he's saying is true. Uh-huh. And yeah, is that me? Oh, dude, being in the car sales world, you get a lot of that, I think. Uh-huh. I mean, retail in general, you probably get a lot of BSers. But car sales, especially high-end, cool cars, like you really get the weird ones that come out of the, the woodworks. It's always the people, too, that like dress to the hilt. And they always have like a story as to why they don't currently have the money. Uh-huh. They look like they have a lot. Because they they purposely try with the bling bling watch mm-hmm. and suit and all that, and they're like, "Well, here's the story, you know. I just recently went through divorce, or I just moved here, and my money's held up in something, but I, I'm about to sell it. I'm going through a refi. There's always a story. It's the people that are really rich that don't care what they look like necessarily. Yeah. They have the thin belt. You can always tell by how thin their belt is, uh-huh. and and then the thin like um you know uh, fabric watch band. Mm-hmm. And then they're just like, you're like, oh, okay, so, you know, what are you looking at? And they're like, eh, I don't have a budget, and I'm pretty much paying cash. Like, oh, yeah, actual cash? They're like, yeah, I have a briefcase in the car. Yeah, so. or a duffel bag or something weird. That's the weed <laughs> dealer's move. Oh, yeah, true. Not dealers. I guess you can't call them dealers. They're uh, dispensary owners. Please. Yeah. Yeah, don't new, be so disrespectful. New age weed, weed uh, dealers. Dealer? Okay, it's legal now, <laughs> so it's... It took a long time. But you're right. I think there is something to that. Like, I think my wife was talking to me, and I was thinking, you know, the people... Because she was saying how all these people in our neighborhood are like very like working class. We know a lot of them now, like our neighbors. You know, they struggle with money. They are kind of pay- they can be paycheck to paycheck, especially in 2020. But she's like, I notice all their kids are like dressed to the nines, and I go, Yeah, but like the people who are re- really wealthy, they don't. You would never know it by looking at them. Like I can think of two people off the top of my head that I know are wildly wealthy, and they literally drive like a 1995 Mercedes, which. Is like a two thousand dollar car. Are you talking about Dennis King? Because I don't think he's wildly wealthy. No, no. <laughs> but he does have a ninety five Mercedes. He's he's hood rich. Dennis King is. But these people wear like dad jeans, right, and old worn out like polo shirts that are a little too big, and like dad shoes, and like you just you wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That th- see, we're working the opposite way. We're trying to make people like you think that we are rich because we don't mm-hmm. buy our kids new clothes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're playing the that game. I'm playing the reverse psychology. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm doing. Rich yeah. is like, oh my gosh, people think we're poor, and I'm like, no, they secretly think we're rich. Mm-hmm. The smart ones see richness in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. 
Anyways. So, hey, man, what are we talking about today? Welcome to the Two Opinionated Guys podcast. Welcome. Where we may have been only talking for two minutes, may have been 15, it may have been 25, depending <laughs> on when you tuned in. You'll never know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think today's topic is going to be, is it racist? Oh, you want to go that route? I do. It? I kind of do. Because because I sent you that message today. Do you A little bit, yeah. Do you feel like we have veered away from politics a little bit? I hope we veered away or from politics. Or a lot politics. bit. Why do you hope that? Well, I I don't I'm okay being a polarizing person. Mm-hmm. But I I want to be an interesting polarizing person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if all you talk about is politics, you're just you're a non-interesting polarizing person to, you know, 50% And there of is people. no shortage of people who have opinions strongly on politics. Right. Like, you might get somebody who doesn't have a strong opinion about economics or how much teachers make or cars or things like that. But politics, literally everyone has a strong opinion. Mm-hmm. So it's, it kind of deludes the pool a And you bit. know what my political stance is. I'm willing to debate anybody on it and have a healthy discussion. That's a challenge, by the way. Yeah, on it. But, it, but, I, but I'm also willing to debate anything. I mean, I love playing the other side of the coin or the devil's advocate or the objective other party. Whatever. T- I mean, it sounds like fun. We should play the teacher's uh, salary game. I know we got into it a little bit with Kyle, but we could maybe get in a little bit deeper <laughs> if we wanted to. We could. I don't, yeah. th- I don't then, think we hit that one hard enough. Then I might be hated or loved on by a certain group of people and another group of people. Well, hey, man, knows. as far as I can tell, the most views we've had were from the two times we interviewed teachers. So maybe more teachers listen than we know. Yeah. So and then, you might get and then now hate. they're wondering, what is Marshall's opinion on yeah. whether teachers make a good... And here's my answer. Some make some really good money, mm. and some don't, and some deserve not to. And I want to be clear. Are you saying they... Are you considering their summer vacations? You have to include their summer vacations. Okay, so you're it saying would, for the time that they actually work, they You make- have to, in any career position job, you have to take the total package, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> when you're... If you're going to work for a a law firm and you're like, they're going to pay off my student loans and they're going to provide me a company car and I get, you know, whatever it is, $70,000 a year, do you not consider the student loans and the company car? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, then that's the whole compensation package. And then they say, hey, by the way, when you're hired, Aaron, you get two weeks paid vacation a year. Are you concluding that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, if another law firm brings you on board and says, yes, I will match those same things, except I'm going to give you five weeks paid vacation a year. Which mm-hmm. one are you probably going for? Well, yeah, and it's like um, discrimination in the sense that people tend to want to do the things that make them the most money, and in this case, like that nine months makes them the most money, and then they happen to have to find something to do in the other three months. Some of them, not all of them. And it's a little bit of what you talked about. You sent me the Jordan Peterson, like, uh, what is it? It was about Bitcoin. Because, and just to be clear to the people who are looking forward to the Bitcoin one, we we're going to get there. There's just a snowpocalypse that happened, and Another the guy that we were going to fly in here. Couldn't make it. <laughs> what do you say though? Something uh, about it was about value, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact quote. He was saying that um, Bitcoin is basically based around a price versus a value. Price versus a value, yeah. right? Yeah, and that's a little bit of like a job, right? Some some people go because they it's. It's like, well, it pays $100,000 a year. So that's the job I want to go mm-hmm. at. But then there's like a value that you, I think you get that over time. Mm-hmm. As you get older and you're like, well, maybe I value my time off a little mm-hmm. bit more. And so I don't care that I'm going to get paid less because I'm going to take, I get weekends off mm-hmm. or I get nights. I mean, there's people I know that work night shifts and you're like, dude, you got to do what you got to do. 
right? But eventually, I don't know how you, I don't know right. how you do that, and like never see your spouse. They work the day shift, you work the night shift, and never see it. So eventually, the value of going, I would make less so I can spend time with my family. Yeah, yeah. Well, and if you want to know the value, how much, how valuable it is, because I'm sure there's some school teachers who go, listen, I would gladly work through my summer if I could make more money. But if you talk to a lot of like the nine to five people who are not teachers, ask them how much that would be valuable to them to have three months off. Right. And they I'm going to value that at a hundred to $250,000. Right. Right. <laughs> True. So they're the highest paid people out there. Well, there's your stance. We didn't have uh, to, we didn't have to wonder for too long. Well, I'm not sure I'm going to, um, I'm not sure I would value it that high, but I would love to talk to somebody and do a, I, I think I could, we could go back and forth a little bit on it, but let's go back to what you thought the show was going to be about. And is it, mm-hmm. is it racist? Well, I'll yeah. start with this is yeah. our podcast. Two opinionated white guys. Is it racist? Is this a racist podcast? Is it a racist podcast? Well, I guess it would depend on who you ask. Why does it depend on who you ask? That's rude. Uh, because that term seems to have multiple meanings these days and, and different opinions. What What is your definition of racism? I was just going to look it up, but I, I was going to get you the actual definition because I feel like this is what's changing. Do you feel like that's relevant? Because What the actual you, definition is? Yeah. Did you see on that, that clip I sent you where the lady, by the way... Uh, she said words changed meanings. She Which said that true. the the actual definition of racism, as the guy read it on the show, was outdated. That's what she yeah. said. Well, I if in a nutshell, I would I would say racism is believing you are superior to somebody else, which I think is somewhat close to the definition. Based on your race. Based on your race, yeah, obviously, yeah. because it's racist. Otherwise, it would be ageist, and you're more you feel like you're superior to somebody because of your age, right? right? I mean, but then, but then, but you have to pair that with discrimination, right? Believing. Okay, here we go. A person who is prejudiced against or antagonist toward people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is a minority or marginalized. Ad- it's an adjective and a noun. Hmm. Okay, the a- that was the noun version. The adjective is prejudiced against and or antag- antagonistic toward a person or people on the basis of their membership in a particular racial or ethnic group, typically one that is minority. Did I just read the same definition? The same freaking what thing. the frick? Huh. Ad, one's an adjective and one's a noun, and neither of them changed. Stupid. Hmm. What That's dictionary is this? A hmm. racist one. <laughs> Probably wasn't so, on Google. So do you so do you agree maybe. with that? Do I agree? I don't even know that I understand it. That is break based, it down like I'm a five year old. Yeah. So so it basically what means that you you believe you're superior based on your race, like your. But did you notice they added in? Typically aimed at minority groups. So now they're sort of, even in that definition, going, hey, Anglo white people, you don't get to be racist. Because mm. they added in there that it's kind of, it's typically against minority groups. Right. So there's no way that you could be racist against a white person because white people are not minorities. Right. I mean, it didn't say that, but it implied it, right? So maybe yeah. that's an updated I definition. I feel like what we conflate a lot right now, and this is what's frustrating, because I think what, let, let's start with what staged it, okay? Mm-hmm. What staged it is I sent you that article that's happening in Oregon right now is the debate on math being racist. Racist. Yeah, math being racist. Seattle talked about it. Now Oregon's going, hey, if you start to use math problem solving and you show your work, it could be racist implications. They were saying that if you ask children to show their work, that, that that's that's like what synonymous with white supremacy. Yeah, white supremacy. That's white supremacy. Yeah. And then the one I sent you was a lady from Seattle who was a, I think she was a professor. Sociology. She was a doctor. She made that clear. Of, uh, she was a sociolo- sociologist. And she was arguing that what? 
She was arguing that math, because of how we teach it, she didn't articulate this well, but I'll articulate it well for her, even though she's a doctor and I just claim to be one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said that the way we teach math, because of the problems that we use and statistics that we have, institutionalizes racism, for instance. And she actually used the uh, the argument more of statistics than math. She said yeah. it was math, but her arguments were really more statistics-based. So if you say that, you know, 70% of black people are locked or are in jail or incarcerated, mm-hmm. you know, that tells a young African-American that he's probably going to, he's 70% likely to end up in jail. And so it already puts a preconceived notion in their head. And so that's why it is racist to do that. So your take on it wasn't that she was literally arguing like two plus two is four is, is racist. Like you don't think she was actually arguing. That. No, I wish so, she was smarter so she could articulate. So it's the, it was the way that society and culture has adopted the use of math to propagate its own information. Again, I think she was arguing statistics, not math. Right. She, but statistics are what, synonymous with math i guess i mean math is to me math and statistics are different you use math in statistics but they're not one and the same Mm -hmm. Hmm. i mean you would think so yeah i think it's a they're not one how are they one and the same you don't start teaching statistics in kindergarten or first grade or second grade no but you also don't learn other complex forms of math at that age but you're teaching math right you're you're teaching foundational math i think Mm -hmm. there's levels of math just like there's levels of economics you use math in statistics, but statistics is not synonymous with math. So you're you're saying that it's like uh, a flavor of math. It's a byproduct of math. It's all math, though. Okay. Well, everything is math then. Well, I guess some of the okay. So, so then, so, so that's what that's what set the stage for it. You know, everything we do these days, I feel like, can be considered racist, right? Yeah. I mean, we've got comments on our show about oh, two more white guys. Yeah. Oh, I've had podcast. that text to me. Yeah, it sounds like two. Uh, two white privileged people sitting and talking, or maybe it was three. Maybe we had a and, guest on that day. Oh yeah, I've had I've had a lot. Those that's probably the biggest comment we get. And I go, gosh darn it! So I want to do something, but yeah. because I'm white, I it's discounted. Yeah, I shouldn't do it. So what are the implications of that? Because I think what we're getting at here is yes, it was funny because math is obviously math. It's very black and white, Isn't right? That racist though. To just, I'm sorry, I'm just bothered by it because by saying, oh great, two white guys. Isn't that just the most racist comment you can say? But you can't be racist against white people? What so, the frick? So then here's the question. Why is it right now that it feels like there's one view of racism and it completely, it, it doesn't have a consistent ideology to it? Well, that's what I was going to say earlier, is I think we're conflating racism with cultural appropriation, right? Or or not even that, just uh, generalizations or stereotypes. So mm-hmm. that's where statistics come in. So you would say, well, if we said... For instance, a lot of uh, Asian people aren't good drivers because that's that's a joke that goes around, right? Well, they would say, well, that's racist. Or you go, well, maybe that's stereotypical. What we used to classify as stereotypical mm-hmm. because there was probably a stat that showed that at one point in time became a stereotype, now became racist. Mm-hmm. So there's like a step. Stereo- mm-hmm. uh, uh, statistic, stereotype, racist. Mm-hmm. And then you have that with, I don't know, what other... I mean, it, it'd be like saying like... a. I don't know. Do you, I mean, Mexicans like burritos, right? But can you even say that? Or is that not okay to say? No. Well, again, this day and age, you just implicated yourself in a racist act, uh, for sure. I guess. But, I mean, sometimes I go like, oh, yeah, I went to, uh, I hung out with my Mexican friends. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, dude, is that racist? No, they're literally from Mexico. But what is So the, you can't, so that can't be. Why do be you? Like I hung out with my European friends. Is okay, that racist? Or Canadian? So, so you as a white person 
you're you're making this argument that hey, it feels as though I'm being sort of like some prejudice against me that I'm not mm-hmm. allowed to say and behave in certain ways when other people are, or even if I mean no harm, it's perceived as harmful, and therefore I'm sort of shouted down and not allowed to do it. Um, racist racism being called a racist gets tossed out very willy nilly these days. It seems like if anybody, if any white it's the person, way to divert an argument, right? If any white person does anything that somebody doesn't like, it's easy just to shout them down and go, "Well, you're a racist," and it discounts them down. What is that tool used for? Why is that a thing? Where did that come from? I think it's the inability to properly debate or articulate an argument. Instead of being able to be held accountable to your answers or having to put some sort of reasoning and backing behind your belief system, they don't, they don't have a foundation. And so when they're pinned into a corner, they just throw that out there. And it's, it's like a get out of jail free card. It's like, you know what? You're asking me something that is making me feel uncomfortable. That's, that's racist. So are you saying that you think that that entire sort of like, like, group of people who tend to use racism what do you mean by that group of people right right there (laughs) i go again white privilege coming out i'm i'm curious though what do do they not want to engage in debate at all is it is it that that you think they're not interested in other ideas like to me that seems counterintuitive because when you hear about woke woke culture right Mm -hmm. you hear about raging leftists it seems as though if you were to ask one of them, are you interested in having a debate? Are you interested in having a conversation? They would all go, yes. The problem is it breaks down immediately once you actually start to have that conversation with conflicting ideas. Do you think that they actually don't want to hear your ideas truthfully? Or do you feel like it's something else? Because I often wonder why, if I talk to people who I know that are more like left-leaning, they would none of them would say they don't want to have a debate. None of them would say they're scared of an argument. None of them would ever admit to, I don't have a good argument, so I use the racist card. They would never admit that. It just comes across that that's well, what they're doing. I don't know anybody particularly that uses the race card. Do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. I do know well, one person. Okay, aside from a probably a person. Do you sure. know Do you know more than a person that uses that? Uh, No, I wouldn't say I know more than... But I also haven't pushed the envelope very hard. If that makes right. sense. But I mean, those people that we're seeing, like the examples that we saw today that I text you, we, we each ex- shared some exchanges of a few YouTubes and news articles. Those people are, are on the extreme end. I don't know anybody on the stream, extreme end. So you're right. Most of the people that I would talk with, we could have a pretty uh, cordial talk and they wouldn't go, oh, well, you're just being racist. They, there's no way that I would see that coming out of their mouth, even though maybe they would go, oh, I don't know that I like that comment. Or probably more appropriately, they would go, Aaron, you just don't know what I've been through. And mm-hmm. I think that's what I get. They'll say that to me, Marshall, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my experience. And sure, I could, that, that's an argument that I go, fine, totally. You don't know my experience. I don't know your experience. You're right. I can't relate to it. So whatever generalization that we made based off of statistics and, and generalities over here is, let's put that in the box over here. And if we want to talk about your particular instance, let's talk about your particular instance. So do you feel like, so then then maybe this whole <clears throat> uh, meme of, you know, the left shouting you down and calling you a racist, maybe that isn't actually as applicable to real life as, as sometimes the right tends to portray it as. Like, oh, well, if the left doesn't like it, they'll just shout you down and call you a racist or a bigot or a homophobe. I think Because the- you're right. I don't know actually many people who would do that to me. In fact, most people I know that are left-leaning or even hard left-leaning, I think I could sort of softball into a conversation where we would actually get into a conversation and, and maybe disagree. And I don't feel as though I would necessarily get called a racist, but 
I do feel like maybe a deeper issue, and I don't know which is worse, the actual like willingness to shout people down and call them racist or this more underlying tone that I know, and I do get this a lot, which is that they tend to view everything through uh, the lens of you're white, they're minorities, you don't know their experiences, you're, you as a white person are discounted. Your opinion and your feelings and your thoughts are discounted. Now, in fairness, they don't necessarily go, you're a racist, bigot, homophobe, like when you watch Fox News interview or CNN interview, right? It gets real hostile and they really start shouting each other down. Yes, that doesn't transpire in my real life a lot. But what I do get a lot is people making implications towards me that, hey, man, like, I don't think you really know much about the real experience of life. Like, yeah, I guess you would think that with the life you've lived. And they make huge assumptions about me, not knowing anything about my experience. So, I think that's more what I get is people that discount me based on the fact that I'm just a white person. Yeah, I I hope that in this day and age that we're in, that this is going to come for full circle. We're going to run this out through the end of the spectrum and then people are going to go, man, we just fought the wrong battles. And then now we're instead of just shouting people down and not being open to conversation. Now we're open to conversation because what I think this this article about the what Oregon's trying to do in their schools and hopefully this doesn't come to fruition. But if we start calling math, you know, uh, white racist or leads to um, white supremacy, if we if that's what we do, then like what else? I mean, give me something else. What else can we call racist? Seems like almost. Yeah, well, anything. Give me, give me what's anything I mean? Anything that we go, oh, oh, dude, like um, having a nice house, going to a nice school. I mean, Tom Brady winning the Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl in in right, Black the, History the Month. The outcome of games, just yeah, whatever the outcome is of anything, right? The temperature set in the workplace. What? Yeah, that's a real thing. Oh. Yeah, actually, it was like 2016, 17, and I think I actually got accused of being no, it wasn't racist; it was sexism. It was that, that mm. it was set to a well, sexist temperature. Yeah, yeah. So, I think statistics aren't you trying to keep it cold to keep people awake and like moving? Right. That's like a well, but we can't talk about statistics. Those are no, <laughs> those be, are racist. Don't be, don't be insensitive. Well, I guess that's my concern. You know, I I don't ever want to be labeled. A racist nobody does so that's mm-hmm. why it's like cautionary like even us bringing this up as a topic that's why i'm surprised you're like yeah it's is it is it racist <laughs> like let's talk about that but I, nobody wants to be labeled that hopefully not i mean there's a, there's a small sect that does but i don't i don't want to be accused of that because i view everybody like with we're all equal and actually in some eyes there's a lot of people that are better than me yeah and Sometimes I go, man, man, I wish I was, you know, born whatever. I wish I was born. I think we all kind of have that because the grass is always greener. So nobody wants to be labeled in a negative light. The problem is in that YouTube you sent us, and maybe I'll put the link up there, but they're basically saying, well, the word's changing a little bit. And I believe that the word is changing Mm -hmm. because they're they're using it so Mm -hmm. uh, flippantly, Mm -hmm. right? All the time that it is, it's kind of losing its meaning. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. I think that word should have a very gravitas meaning to it. Mm -hmm. Like it should just hold a lot of weight. And when you call somebody that it should be like, whoa, whoa, stop, pause. What did I do wrong? Well, it's like when I told you that I was running through one neighborhood and it was like a bunch of BLM flags and you're like, well, these are Democrats. And then another section of the neighborhood, same neighborhood actually, um, had American flags and I was like, well, this, these are clearly Trump supporters or, you know, whatever, right wing people. Um, similarly, when you hear somebody toss around the word racism or bigot or homophobe, I immediately go, ah, you're just a wild lefty. You're just mm. a lefty. I discount them because I'm like, ah, I don't even think about the 
implications of what they're saying. It's like their speech is devalued by 50%. I go, I'm not even listening to what you're saying, man. It's silly. That's not, that's not good. No, it really isn't good. But I I think in, in a, in a broader sense though, that the sad part is how many young people have gotten manipulated into seeing things through the lens, almost exclusively of race and sex or race and gender. Um, and that that is really in the big picture, a very small, you know, group of politicians, Democrat politicians, who figured out early on, like, let's say, Clinton era, that you don't really have to stand on your policies if you can just paint your opponents politically in a really negative light. And what's more negative than being a sexist or a homophobe or a racist? And so they started just tossing that out. And it became an entire school of thought that was like, this is this is literally what the Democratic platform is built on. And it's gotten way more extreme to the left. And if you actually read the definition of like a liberal, you would think you're a liberal if you actually Thank you. read the definition of a liberal. But it's disattached. I'm going to run on a liberal platform when I run for governor. You should. You identify as a liberal. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's gotten so far out to where now you and I, people who are more centrist or right, right-leaning, right we tend to associate Democrats or liberals with these crazy left-leaning ideas. And I think it's unfortunate because they've polarized their party to be those people who just, they're a little bit disconnected from reality. They see everything through the lens of race and gender and sexism and homophobia. And it's the woke culture. It's the cancel culture. It's all, it's anti-freedom of speech, really. It's, but, but they call themselves anti-fascist, right? Do you you think one, we're going to get, we're going to get some backlash just for us being able to talk about this because we, we, we're not. Because there's no freedom of speech. We're not allowed to. Right. right. We're not allowed so, to. Do you feel like that we're discrediting the the actual act of racism by diluting it? I mean, there are some, dude, I was in Idaho. There are some racist people out here, out here, out there. Mm-hmm. I was in Idaho. I was at a water park and we're in line and I was like, the guy doesn't have a shirt on. He's got a giant swastika. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that you should have worn a shirt. Like, I understand people make mistakes in the past, and you probably should have got that removed, but you didn't. So Turn you it into a, shirt. a flower or something. And I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, no. No, I think he's a racist. Mm. There are, I forgot that there's a pocket in Idaho of full-on racist people. And you go, wow, that that is a guy that I would love to disassociate with. Yeah. That is a guy I would love to embarrass and ridicule. That is a guy I would love to use the harsh term racist. But by us diluting the term, mm-hmm. by him, we're equating what you and I are doing right now or God forbid us teaching our kids how to actually work math with the same dude that's in Idaho mm-hmm. wearing a swastika mm-hmm. on his freaking chest. Or on the other side of the spectrum, I think that this is something else is that you've got this class of younger people. And I don't know what young means. It's relative, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. 20 years old, still to young, 20 to 30. You're definitely not young. Um, and uh, okay yeah so well i'm not in a nursing home so you, i don't you, use a cane you've got this class i don't drive a buick you've got this class of younger people and they behave like racists right because they basically are busy attacking an entire race of people for everything you the, like white people cannot do anything without being be accused of racism or sexism or males being accused of sexism or homophobia and so in essence, they have learned to discriminate against people based on race, which is like the most underhanded move you could ever do because the irony is so thick that these young people are growing up so anti-racist and yet they're literally within the doctrine being taught to behave like racists. And I think that's a, such a subtle sleight of hand that I go, most of them, I hope, 
will turn 30 or 35 or 40 or God forbid 50 and go, holy crap. I was literally behaving like a racist. I was just doing it to people who I perceived as actual racist, white people. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about if they had to apply affirmative action to the NFL? Yeah. In the opposite direction? Yeah. It's like, like if you had to have a certain amount of Asians, Mexicans, and whites in the NFL, and they all had to be kind of equal. Yeah. Or uh, short people. We would, it would be the worst NFL team ever. Yeah. I'm, it's like we pick and choose where we discriminate. Yeah. Right. Because, and can we not, uh, can we not establish that between men and women, there's differences and between races, there are differences. There are people like if you're in Mexico, they're born shorter. That's just typically what happens. And, and a lot of African Americans are way more athletic than I am. I mean, they're just, they dominate and it's awesome. And you go, okay, we don't want to recognize that there's, I mean, yeah, there's some people that, you know, here and there that aren't the same, but can we recognize there's differences or are we just not allowed to do that? Or we just well, have to well, that, pretend that's that the thing. doesn't it's exist. Like when people go, well, you can't see um, any sex is different. Any behaviors of any s- different sexes is different, right? Men and women are the same. All races are the same. Sure, treat everyone the same. I get that. That makes total sense. But it's like we choose to discriminate in almost every single aspect of our life from the moment we wake up until the moment we go to sleep. We choose to discriminate. We discriminate against certain types of food. We discriminate against who we choose to be with, right? Who we choose to have relationships with. We discriminate who we're friends with. We discriminate on types of cars we drive, types of houses we mm. we we buy, right? Restaurants we go to. Rest, I mean, discrimination is literally built into our culture, and yet mm-hmm. there's very specific types of discrimination that we go, well, you're not allowed to do that. And, and I'm not saying discrimination should be allowed, but what I am saying is that you have to sort of cast aside this idea that any, like, everybody is not the same. There are differences in people. There's Differences in abilities, the differences mm-hmm. in intelligence, there's differences in athletic abilities. I mean, you have to recognize those things. Yeah. I mean, you that, can't that, pretend they don't that's exist. That's why they say, oh, you, you have rhythm like a white person. I hear that all the time. Right. And I, I, I do, I have terrible rhythm. I love music, but dude, for me to like have a hold a, a note or to have rhythm, like I just, I'm the person that claps off beat. I'm like, <laughs> how, where's the beat again? Hold on. Wait, let, let me find it again. But they, they make, and, it's okay for them to make fun of me and I'll make fun of myself. It's fine. I'm okay with it. But if we were to do that in the opposite direction, anyone, because we're the, not the minority, it's all of a sudden. Well, and it's like the fact that we choose arbitrarily, basically race and gender as the two things that we deem most important, right? In the hierarchy of intersectionality, it seems as though, you know, contextually how society has formed itself in recent years, gender and race are the two most important factors. What gender are you or Mm. identify as and what, but why those? Those are the two most arbitrary things you can choose, right? Because how smart you are, how, what your age is, how tall or how short you are, what your, I mean, there's a million different. We've talked about this before, how we decided how kids come back to school. What do you think if you had to pick, because you're saying it's race and, and sex, then what do you think it should be? What should we, what would be your top two? Um, Cognitive ability and conscientiousness. Whoa, those are two big words. Yes. And I'm not sure, I, I, I know them in theory. How do you, first of all, let's make sure we define them for our listeners. And second of all, um, how do you make, how do you measure that? Well, there's actually, I think those are, well, cognitive ability is not, but I mean, cognitive ability is literally just like intelligence, 
So basically I go, would you rather, if, if you were hiring a candidate, would you want to know, would it be more important if you were like, hey, this person is like super, super smart, but they were behind a closed door and you couldn't see what race, God forbid, and what gender they were, right? So affirmative action was out and you were just I don't like. I that smart always matters to me though, but okay. Okay, but. Sometimes like a willingness to just do something matters more to me. But if you had to choose, if it was like, hey, any race of person you want is behind that door to be your next employee or. Any IQ level you can choose will be behind that door. Wouldn't you rather know what their IQ is? If yeah, you had obviously. To choose? Right. Their IQ. Why is that? I mean, because obviously IQ matters. Race doesn't. And race doesn't. Right. Yeah. So that's my point. But you have to understand that the way society has structured itself as of late, like I would say 2000, probably older than this, but it seems like 2016 and on, is the two most important things when it comes to everything is race and gender. You can't discriminate against race. You can't discriminate against gender. You have to hire a certain number of race, certain number of genders, right? You have to, everything has to be equal. You can't, there's no, there is no clause on how many genders you need to because gender is not, it gender's fluid, man, which in of That's itself true. sounds disgusting. But gender is not. You got your gender fluid on me. <laughs> oh, man. <Sick>. Gross. <laughs> I mean, it, fluid's just kind of one of those words that whenever you, like you used um, fluid intelligence the other day and I was uh. like, all I could picture is like, Water in your brain. Going, <laughs> I don't know. Some about fluid in any. Whenever you combine the two words, fluid and anything, just I just immediately go. Ew, that's disgusting. Yeah, there's words that are really gross. I think moist is definitely another one. Yeah, you're you're not uh, the minority in that. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. do not like the word moist. Moist fluid is a little weird. I don't mind fluid. moist intelligence. <laughs> moist intelligence. Oh man, that's uh, disgusting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you're, you're gender moist, not gender fluid. You're gender moist. You're if you had to pick right now, if you could if <laughs> if you could pick anything you wanted to identify as, I mean, if in everything's on the table, you could identify as any race, gender, or age. What what are you gonna pick? Any race, any gender, or any yeah, age. Yeah, because it's all up for grabs. You can identify as anything you want. Which which one are you gonna go for? Well, that's a great question. I think I would stick with what I am. I actually in the you, weird, you're gonna pick none of them. No, I'm gonna pick none of them. I'm gonna stay um, exactly the same. No, I'm gonna pick. It's definitely age for me. I would go. Oh uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I, st- you identify as 22 because 23. No, 22 is too young now at this point in time. But I'm gonna go like 30. 35 is probably like the ideal age. I'm gonna go boom right there. 35? I constantly identify as a. 35 Why that old. number? That's so random. That yeah. was not that long ago for you, and yet you right. act like you're like aging. Because you're not. Because anything above that is nearing 40. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's you, true. You'd round it up if it was. Yeah, if it's thirty six, you're like you're almost forty. Yeah. Okay. Thirty seven, you're like, whoa, crap! I am forty, basically. Right. Thirty five is like I can identify with a thirty year old. I can, um, I'm, I can get along with forty year olds. Uh, twenty year olds are garbage. Don't you feel like you also get a little more clout so right around thirty five? Yeah. Like in terms of people go, oh, you're thirty five. You're like, okay, you're good. But, but whereas when you were thirty four, thirty three, like older people who are professionals would be like. Hey kid, yeah, you're not ready. You... Yeah, you'll understand when you're older, <laughs> yeah. right? At 30, that's like the peak, right there. You're like, eh, like, do you I ever know, feel that way at work? I am older. Do you ever feel that way at work? I was pulling up the other day, and I was like, gosh, I feel like this is a really young company, and there's probably a lot of people who are just like, are these, these kids know what they're doing? These kids, know I feel what... like people think that sometimes, and it's a little disrespectful, but I feel huh, well, maybe I'm just self conscious. Yeah, about I don't, it. You, that must be a you thing. I, these, I don't ever these kids. I don't ever feel like. I that. mean, even the owner, the the sorry majority owner of the company, he's pretty young. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 I mean, and again, to be clear, earlier on in the show, I'm pretty sure you used young 
As Listen, like, you said I'm opinion fluid. Okay, okay, Whoa. it changes when I need oh, it to. Disgusting. <laughs> I would opinions. stay the same. To be clear, I would stay the same. And I, I and I I think that the broader point I was making. Speaking of fluid, do you want that fluid? I do. Can you pour the <laughs> fluid? I, I think that the point that I'm making is. What kind of fluid is it today? Oh, it's red fluid. Red fluid. It's not. That's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> wine. <laughs> Let's just call it wine. <laughs> it's a red wine. fluid. Does Sorry, not. Sorry, we like took this red. down a weird path. Yeah. I think get the, back on track. I think the point to that bring I'm us making, back on track. To get, get us, us back on track. Back on track. You know, I'm just interrupting you, so I, I take one think, person. I know. Up. I just have to repeat There's myself. There's one person that I'm just trying to upset right now, <laughs> and he is hitting the dislike button a lot <laughs> right now. Yep. Um, I think dislike. The, the point that I'm trying to make is that it seems arbitrary that we choose those two traits for to to like structure society around, right? I, like I said, what two are you going to pick? You never answered that. I did. You yeah, did? I did. Cognitive ability and conscientiousness. Oh yeah, but aren't those the same? Conscientiousness. You know, we got to cognitive ability. We didn't get to consciousness. I don't know the clinic. You should look it up. The clinical definition of conscientiousness, but so it's like intelligence so and work. conscientiousness are the two biggest predictors of success okay. in the psychological world. So mm-hmm. that's why I would choose those because I go, well, there you go. If you want to talk about statistics, right? The racist math, um, mm. it's the big predictor of success. So if I just had to pick arbitrary things, that's what I would choose. But obviously it would be job specific. Like if I'm recruiting for the NBA, I wouldn't choose those two things. I'd be like uh, height and ability to shoot or run or whatever. But I'm just saying in general day-to-day life, as it goes for success, I would choose those two things way over race, way over gender. And just like the point I made to you, if you're an employer, I'm not saying an employer of what, and you had a blank door with a question mark, like a dating game in the seventies mm-hmm. and you had to choose, Hey, you can either know what race it is or you can know their IQ. I would rather know their IQ. Yeah. I think, I think the only other thing I would throw in there is like, for me, and we talked about this, I don't know, a little while ago, and I don't even know if I made it to a podcast, but just willingness to do something. I think there's a lot of people who are smart out there. There's a lot of people who should apply themselves and don't. Mm-hmm. There's, there's this ability that for people who just try and try hard, like that movie, Rudy, mm-hmm. where you know, anybody who's like just powered through and maybe they're not the smartest person. Maybe they're not the most athletic, but they just keep trying. Yeah. Those are the, I, I don't know. Yeah. What's that called? No, I don't Perseverance. think that. Well, it is. Yes. But I don't think that's like something that you can quantify. And I wish it was mm-hmm. because then I would choose that. Yeah. If I could quantify that or if that was like a measurable quality, I'm kind of surprised it's not. Is there even a test for that? Yeah. What's it? No, I don't think so. How's but that it, not been developed? We but, should develop that and then we would. We'd be rich. There would be another business venture that we haven't right. done. There you go. Our yeah. diversified income mm-hmm. pool. I think that that's, that is psychological. You know, the psychological realm goes, they have learned to quantify things that I'm not really sure how they learn to quantify. Like, how do you learn to quantify? You know, do you ever wonder that the statistics behind the, how they get the data and yes. you go, yes, they did. Pool. And how do you put a number on it? Yeah. They, they go, oh, okay, well this one was a pool of a, a thousand, a hundred, whatever. Or it was a hundred thousand, and you're, but still, it's like, but where are those people? Yeah, and how did you pick and choose that mm-hmm. hundred thousand? I don't care how big the sample is. How did you? How did you acquire that? Yeah, and then that one statistic that eighty percent of all statistics are made up on the spot. Have you heard that? <laughs> yes. and you're like, ah, wait a minute. I heard that from you. Although the statistics I heard on this were from Jordan Peterson, which I trust a little bit more than your eighty percent. Wow, that's all it is because it's one person. Mm-hmm. Why and why do you trust his more? Because he says a lot of things that seem true. Yeah. Okay. So he's just more convincing than me. Yeah. Which I'll take that. That's it. Yeah. That's it. There's nothing else other than that. He's got no stats behind him. It's just more. Well, he's got a degree from Harvard. That helps. That he says he has. Have you looked it up? Uh, no. Because I also said I went to Stanford. Harvard. So online. 
Oh, okay. On uh, YouTube? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's okay. a Harvard sign there. So that, there's so no way was, to fake no like that. Possibly there. Okay. I will just, I will also teach a class with a, a sign in the back that says Harvard. Well, hey, man, some people might argue that's kind of what you've been doing for most of your life is you're just, you're like 80%. No, I'll give you credit. You're, you do follow through a lot, but you're like as much talk as you are actual performance. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just talk. Yeah. And sometimes it's just talk. You know, we play, it's funny, we play board games a lot at home mm-hmm. and my wife gets irritated with me. She's like, oh my gosh, would you stop talking or you're, you're guessing it wrong. And my son does the same thing. He's like, dude, you're you, just, I don't know why you think you're always going to predict my moves. And a lot of times I win board games and so they're always upset with me at it. My wife's like, I just don't want to play with you because you always win. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, I do. And I, because I tell my son, I go, it's, it's as much a mental game as it is just like a physical game. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of talking that goes on and I get in your heads. I irritate you yeah. because I'm talking crap, even though I'm not even, I don't even know if I win because here's the, I, I win no matter what I talk crap and I get, and I get you irritated and I win and I go, see, told you I talk crap, you win. And I, I go, eh, I don't care. Yeah. And I walk away. And so I still win. Because yeah. I go, ah, oh, that was fun for me. It's like, have you ever managed somebody who you're like, dude, you're way more talented than me, but you just have this, you're insecure, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You you don't have any faith in yourself, and you immediately give too much credibility to people who are your, like, bosses or your peers, and you discount yourself, and you build other people up, and that puts you at a disadvantage, no matter how, like, skilled you are. Yeah, if you had to rate confidence... Confidence goes like a, a long way mm-hmm. and there's so much like a lot of times when I, I do a lot of construction, you know, growing up with my dad and I'm a lot faster than my dad. And sometimes people go and we talk about this a little bit with Kyle. They're like, you know, why, why do you, um, sometimes you just go and you, you just Smack dive in when something's, in yeah, yeah. when something's broken and I go, but what am I, am I going to break it again? Yeah. I mean, and, and I just have the confidence that I'm probably going to fix it. Yeah. And if I don't, I also don't worry about that. I think maybe confidence and worry have to go hand in hand. Uh-huh. Like you can't worry if you have that much confidence. And so people who worry a lot may not have a lot of confidence. Yeah. I think through this, um, snowpocalypse, I've recognized that too. And, and I've recognized it before that I'm snowpocalypse. There's a lot of things that I'm very willing to just be like, well, let's just try it. Let's just do it. What's the worst that can happen? And I have recognized, I'm not going to name names, but people in my immediate circle who are a little more um, reserved, they're more like, let's calculate it out. It's kind of like this podcast. It was like, hey man, we need to do it next Monday, starting next Monday. Okay, great. And we did it and we didn't know what we were doing. Whereas we've heard of a lot of other people who are like, I want to start a podcast and it never makes it off Dude, the paper. It reminds me of the, have you ever watched Flight of the Concords? Yes. Oh my gosh, so hilarious. They're like, business oh time. man, yeah, business time. And they're like, oh man, we've, we've so many, we talk about being with a lot of hot women. And he's like, yeah, but you've never actually been with them. He's like, I know, but we talk about it a lot. He's like, yeah, we do talk about being with a lot of hot women. <laughs> he's like really into it, but they've never actually right. been with any hot women. It's just the act of talking about it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I, I think that's half of it, just showing up. Mm-hmm. Just show up. Just show up. Could That's, that be? Yeah. Could that be our uh, motto for employing people? Faithiest. That up. could be on a shirt. Do you remember that era that we were trying to get people to work for us, and all we would get is people scheduling interviews, and then nobody ever actually showing up? Yeah. What was, was like, that? What? I don't know. I had. I remember one day I had five scheduled, confirmed scheduled, zero of them showed up. Yeah, I remember that, and I remember being like, "Wow, is this company just like?" something wrong is there like some bad post about us that i'm not understanding or like are they just trying to get unemployment and they really don't want to show up to the interviews right but then fast forwarding to like nowadays and i go gosh i've got people who will not leave me alone i've never mm-hmm. even acknowledged their presence and they're like hey do you, do you get my resume 
calling in, just checking again. Did you get my resume? I really no, want to work for you. It might be the sign of the time. The yeah, I think it the is. Market yeah. right now, like it's hard to get a job. I think it really is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's really hard to get a job. And I think for people who have stayed employed through the pandemic, i.e., people like you and me, um, I think sometimes we forget how. Even if you can get a job, it's part time hours. It's it might be seasonal work or something like that. And why I, do you and I have a job during the pandemic? It's a good question, be- and I can answer it because we're willing to be flexible. Because mm. you know, there's a lot of people who are like, yeah, well, I mean, if you, if I can't do whatever I'm going to do, or if I can't get paid the same that I was, then I'm not willing to do it. And yeah. the alternative is not having a job. Well, I think yeah, I think there was. Some of that for sure. I think part of it, you know, for our company anyway, it was logistics. It was like we have literally X amount that we have to get rid of. We have to, you know, lay these people off regardless of how flexible they are. Um, but I do think that, um, you know, thinking of one person in particular, it is a difficult time to get a job because I think that it's e- maybe easier to get a job, but harder to have a job that like pays. Cause I, mm-hmm. I think we forget that we're, are we still in lockdown? Yeah, we're still in lockdown. Uh, Washington opened up. California opened up, Oregon. I don't know where the governor's been, but like we haven't seen her shadow in like six months. So. Yeah, so we're still in lockdown. Mm-hmm. So that means what? Bars, restaurants, some mom and pop retailers. I mean, the big ones are still open, mm-hmm. right? Strip clubs, strip clubs. Yeah, they're they're open. <laughs> really? Are they? I, dri- Aaron? I drive past one every day when I leave your house. Wow, that's <laughs> it's on the outskirts of town. Okay, but, it's yeah. not open. Oh, okay. Well, maybe maybe it's like a speakeasy. No, I, I the only reason I say that is because their strip clubs were open for a little bit and they're able to have a bar and I was like that that doesn't seem fair. You have a, a legitimate restaurant and that's closed down but you don't care about this strip club over here. When do you think we're going to be out of this? Do you have? Well, hey, I tell you what, March 7th, there's a march around the Capitol because that'll mark one solid year of lockdown. So if we if if it's March 7th this continues, there's a march around the Capitol. I don't care what uh, you know, political party you belong to, Republican, Democrat, independent, you're not okay with the lockdown. I don't think. I mean, I think most of them aren't at this point and they're going, I think we need to get back to work. So you feel so, like it's like it's it's bipartisan at this point. Like I feel like that, yeah. You, so you, your gut is that regardless of what side of the spectrum you're on politically, you're like, okay, it's mm-hmm. it's Yeah, silly. at this point, it's basically racist to be locked down. <laughs> well, hey. But maybe that's what we now, should... Now, that's an anthem they oh, can get behind. Oh, dude, we should start... Gosh, Corona that. is racist. Corona is racist. Yes. That and would it's turn racist to be locked down. Hey, that would be your mayoral campaign. You could get on board with that. You would get Oregonians behind you if you just said, hey, pandemics are racist. Yeah, because basically they're suppressing everybody, you know, all the minorities... That's true. It does. They do say that the pandemic has, uh, what is the word like, damaged minority groups more. Basically, that Corona like targets minorities more. Displaced. Yeah, displaced. Displaced is that what you disproportionately meant? affects? Damaged. Yeah, disproportionately affects. That yeah. might be better. Yeah. So March is when they're doing that. So do yeah, you March think by 7th. do you think by summer if you had your magic crystal ball? By summer, well, I've been wrong. So we can go back and listen on this episode of how wrong we've been. But let's just pretend that didn't happen. Okay. And you're just fresh start mm-hmm. by summer. Are we back to normal? No. No. Nope. Are, are we ever back to normal? Well, that's I, that is the craziest thing to me because I just go at what point? Like so many, so many more people at, at the beginning of this. Many people, and I hate how it always comes back to this, but it just seems like it has because it's lasted for so long, right? It comes back to COVID. But so many people are like, dude, wear your mask, wear your mask, wear your mask. Like, mm-hmm. this is, hey, you're killing people if you don't wear your mask. I don't hear that from anybody anymore. And it's more like, 
you're talking. And as soon as you start talking to somebody, they pull the mask down so they can see their face because they're going, I need to see your face when we talk. Or what I get a lot is regardless of like political belief or anything like that, you get into a closed room with somebody and they're like, hey, man, I'll wear this if you want me to. And they kind of give you the nod, like, but do I have to? And you're just like, no, man, I don't care. And they're like, cool, they, thank God. Like, everybody does that now. So right now, it's just, it's like a, I don't, I don't, I don't even know what it is. But I feel like we have, what, what is, what is summer from here? We're in February, March, April, May, maybe by summer. Because didn't Biden put a three-month lockdown on things or mask I mandate? I don't know. Yeah, it Something was like a thing. national mandate. I I, you know what I'm trying to get started? I'm trying to get thanks Biden started. Like, thanks Biden. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. As like, a just like a like we blame things on him, yeah. no matter what it is. It's not he had nothing to do with it. But like you need merch, yeah. Thanks Biden bumper stickers, yeah. Thanks I'm, Biden. I'm gonna see if I can get that. Started. It is kind of nice that we can like do we just that had now. the snow apocalypse. We're like thanks Biden because you know the last four years we had to kind of be defensive of the president. Now we can just like oh well thanks Biden thanks Biden yeah 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 trees fell down on my house thanks Biden thanks Biden another another natural disaster thanks Biden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wonder. I, Has I think to do with him. I think by summer, there's a good. I think we have the, a way better chance this summer. Do you want to put an over under on it? Gosh, man, I would love to, but I'm just not that confident in it. Oh, okay, all right. But I, I think that politically, a Democrat regime in the presidency in the White House, right? And I think there's political pressure to get the coronavirus "quote unquote" dealt with. As you said, I think that. It's a little more bipartisan now where people are just like, regardless of what side of the spectrum, unless you're at the extreme, and, right? And then people, people are, are like, I'm vaccinated and they're like, okay, I got vaccinated, but I still have to wear my mask. So What's like, the point? this has to, this, this has to go away. Well, yeah. And I think that some of the more left-leaning people who are like big figures, like particularly like Joe Rogan is one of them. And he, he's he, got a big figure. He literally moved to, yes, if you were a younger millennial, you would know that, but you're an old millennial. I didn't know what you meant by big figure. Like he's very curvy or <laughs> he's, he's thick. He's very robust. Huge uh, drops he was a Democrat for sure. He lived in California and he actually left California because he's mm-hmm. like, dude, the politics, he literally blames the governor. He's like, the governor's an idiot. He's like, Once the politics governor. are bad. He moved to Austin, Texas. He moved to his multi million listener podcast to texas and he said yeah i think it's silly so i think at this point people are starting to wake up and go yeah i think it's time to put this to an end my question is though is this just going to be an ongoing thing every year flu season comes and it's like oh coronavirus 3.0 3.0 no i don't think it can be i think you're gonna see a lot of this come to a head just of you know i don't know whether it be people's belief systems, the freedom of speech, going back to being called racist, that eventually has to run its course. I don't think you can keep doing that and it have meaning behind it. If you want meaning behind it, then you, you kind of have to have meaning has scarcity. Mm-hmm. Like there, it can't, it can't just be diluted. It doesn't really matter what it is. The more it's talked about, the more diluted it is. Right. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. So you're, you sound like an optimist. That we might actually come out of this. I can sound like a pessimist if you want me to. Murky season that we've had in the last few years, where it's been very politically polarizing, right? My my optimism is in the American people. My optimism is that we all come together mm-hmm. as independent citizens of the United States. I'm not optimistic about our government. I think our government is running independent a little bit than our than the citizens. And unfortunately, I also feel like that's infiltrated our mainstream media mm-hmm. to influence people in going that maybe they haven't bitten off on it. You know, it's like 
like you said at the beginning, we don't talk to a lot of people who accuse us of being racist, but you see it on the mainstream media. Mm -hmm. So you go, okay, somehow that's being in the political world. Our leaders are talking about it. They're influencing the mainstream media, but there's a disconnect between Mm -hmm. what's actually happening with the people. So you think people are waking up to that? Yeah. That like the day-to-day life is totally different than how it's portrayed in politics, in the media, whether they're waking up to it or it just becomes uh, a moot point and it doesn't matter because it's so it, it, it's just run its course. Well, I think your, your brother-in-law came on and he, I think something he said that was interesting at the time. Cause I was, I thought, I don't know if that's the solution. It sounds good, but I don't know if that's the solution. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, yeah, that could be the solution is, you know, basically like disregard most other things, but be, get to know your neighbors, become mm-hmm. a community. And I thought, yeah, that is actually pretty profound because I think that, you know, to, to some degree you can build up enemies in your community and you don't even know them just because you go, oh, you're flying a Black Lives Matter flag or you're flying the American oh, yeah. flag or a Trump flag. And you go, that's my enemy. I'm never going to get to know them. But then weirdly, if you were to put that aside and go over to a barbecue at their house, you go, oh, this guy's pretty normal. And we get along. Other this guy's than- a human being. Right. He's just a human being and we need to treat each other that way. I think that breaks down that barrier a little bit. And I think to, to kind of what you're saying, I'm, you didn't admit to being an optimist, but you are being a little bit of an optimist. Hmm. I am a little bit optimistic too, that I think people will get savvy to it. And yes, coronavirus is become a very political issue. And I think that we're starting to put that behind us. That's my hope too. Is that also it's called COVID-19. And at this point that just sounds old. We're in 2021. What is it? Uh, China flu? China? What is China, China virus? China virus. Yeah. But you know, I mean, I know it's the string of COVID-19, but it happened in 19 mm-hmm. and then it came to 20. And I know there's a correlation there, even though we don't all want to admit it. And now we're in 2021. We're like COVID-19. Doesn't that sound just, doesn't it just sound old? Did you hear that there was like another strain of it coming from yeah. Europe? But didn't you feel like, okay, tell me if you agree with this. I felt like everybody had the same collective reaction when they heard there was another strain coming, which was that subconsciously we're all like, oh gosh, the politicians are trying to ramp up to do, to take more control of our lives. And we're all like, mm, not going to bite off on that. And like collectively we're all just like, shut that down. We're not dealing with that. And then mm. it, just, it was like a failure to launch. Mm. Like I was like, well, this is either going to go one way or the other. This new strain is going to be like all of 2021, all we talk about new lockdowns, new regulations, or we will collectively just go, dude, tried that. We bought into your BS earlier. It didn't work out. We're not doing it again. And I think that's kind of what happened. We just mm. collectively shut it down. Yeah, that's good. I'm glad we did that because I'm not. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, it's kind of like the flu. You know, the flu shot is only max 33% effective mm-hmm. because there's so many different flu strings mm-hmm. that are out there. But people are like, yeah, well, I mean, I kind of don't care. Yeah. You know, and that's that's I feel like that's what coronavirus is going to turn into. There's so many different strings and it's it's like anything. I mean, you sure it's a, probably a dangerous virus. And if you get it for some people, it's really bad. But so is influenza and some other things that are, you know, you don't want to get either. Mm-hmm. But you don't go living your life as if you're at risk of catching a disease all the freaking time. Otherwise, you just don't enjoy life. True. One so, thing that that was nice about the snow apocalypse, and we say snow apocalypse, but let's be clear in Salem, it was it was ice crystals. Ice. Apocalypse. It was like everything turned into glass and then and then broke and all shattered. the trees fell at one time yep so bad so bad that if people who aren't from here they are shipping uh electric electricians or pge workers from nevada and utah out Good. here to try to 
get this cleaned up because it's so bad. You're out of power. How long have you been out of power? I have had white privilege my whole life, and I am the last <laughs> to get power. I'm pissed about it. Dude. I'm trying to cash in my white privilege right now. I just want electricity. <laughs> trying to cash. Hey, where's where do where do I? Uh, yeah. what, what office do I go to to cash in my white privilege here? My wife, my know, kid, I'm and white I. And I've been without power. I'm sleeping okay? on a couch. Where is my white power? It's unacceptable. <laughs> I'm try. I'm tired of being told I have it, and I can't exercise it when I need it the most. Right? Yeah. Yeah. My parents have been without power. We have people living with us because it's been so long that you know we. It's just a collection of white power in your house right now. <laughs> it's it's a collection. It's of a us lot opening of power. ourselves the community. And what I was going to say, what's awesome about it is I have some neighbors that I've, I haven't got to know, and we're out there looking at the damage and people that have been kind of reclusive during this coronavirus. Because we have been in this house about a year and a half, mm-hmm. so not very long enough to get to know all of our neighbors. And I met two, three of them really uh, during it that we haven't had the opportunity to meet. And it was kind of awesome. It was kind of like bringing the community together. Yeah. And I, was, it, I was so excited that day. I was like, yes, I finally know it. Like we had a meaningful conversation for like 35 minutes. And I go, I, I found a lot about my house and them. And it was just nice to get to know them. And it made me go, it kind of energized me to go, man, I want to meet more of my neighbors to, to, you know, to Andrew's point, like just like get to know your yeah. community because if something happens, we're all gonna, we're, like we're banding together, right? Yeah, to make oh, it totally. And who are we going to depend on? Somebody from like you know three towns over. Well, I don't and think I, so. I, I think to some degree we've convinced ourselves over time that like like say the military is so um, industrialized and complex now that it's like back in the old days if people wanted to have a revolution, it was like our muskets against your muskets. But now it's like you know they've got drones that will murder people, and we don't have any drones. So obviously, it's like if the oh, government you can get some drones. If the if the government chose to really encroach on our freedom, what could we do about it, right? Because they have like fighter jets that would murder us, right? To some extent. But what I've learned in 2020 is when small factions of regular people band together, they get a long ways. Like, did you like freaking Seattle? What was it? they had the Chaz or whatever chop, right? It was Chaz chop, and they turned into chop? Chaz and chop, and they had like a chop Chaz a zone. Right. So, and I feel like the defunding the police, like people have a lot of power mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it made me go, yeah, you know, it is about small communities. It is. The community is very important and banding together with your neighbors could be meaningful in a tough time. And I'm not saying I'm going apocalypse. I'm just saying it would be meaningful if you were like, Hey, me and my entire town align in our views and we represent a strong group of people um interesting story my wife had one because i live in a community a small neighborhood with like two cops that never talk to anybody Hmm, i don't know why do find the police um there's some mexican people next door that we i don't speak spanish they don't speak english so i'm like okay we don't have very good communication right should learn spanish sure true and then i have a guy next door well an old guy who is old and rude and so i don't seem to like him very much right And then I've got a guy next door who we've had a conversation. Well, my wife had a conversation and you know what his conversation was? The only conversation we ever had about six months ago with him was he was like, yeah, I live in this house next door. I've lived here for like 15 years. He's like this tree in my yard. It was like only this big when I moved here and look how gorgeous it is. He was super proud of his tree. Mm. And then the second time we talked to him was when his tree was like down to the ground because the ice tore it down. So when we connected and we had a conversation, it was like, oh, awkward, because the only thing I know about you is you You love that tree. You should buy him a new tree. (laughs) Buy him a new tree? He can have our tree. Dude, that's what I love about my neighborhood. I was just, I mean, some of my neighbors are more elderly, but our neighborhood's more mature and like- Mature, ageist. Yes, also known as mature. And our flowers are like, we just have like more of the, I don't know, the plants and stuff. You know, when you build a new house, you- 
plant a new plant, you plant a new tree, and it yeah. takes a long time. But this has plants. been around since the 70s. Oh. And you walk around in the springtime, me and my wife are like, wow, this is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. True. You know, and so I, I get where that guy's coming from because I got made fun of by one of my friends when I was like, dude, have you seen all the flowers? flowers i have in my yard i was really proud of it and i thought it was really cool and no it is true because our neighborhood used to be awesome but after ice apocalypse it's not going to be so cool in the spring whereas when you go to like a new construction area it's like all the plants are this big plus they try to figure out how much they can fit into Mm -hmm. the most the least amount of uh house into the most amount of lot Mm -hmm. like possible Mm -hmm. you know you know what i'm saying yeah and you have like no yard no side yard enough to squeeze a garbage can through and maybe walk through if you're slender and then you have a backyard that holds you know a five by four um square patio and then and then you have a little bit of a lawn if you're lucky yeah that was my old house when does it stop coming don't you feel like the ice apocalypse is a little bit of an extension of 2020 oh yeah i i I posted it today i was like 2021 is 2020's big brother because we just i mean at work we had a bunch of our windows shot out and then we had ice fall onto our cars and i think four of our cars got totaled and then and then we had we've been shut down like we can't even do business and then our power's been out yeah. and not only can you not get to our business if you can get to our business now the power's out in uh still one of our locations and you're like dude i mean yeah what the heck well and, and, and like, we're only in freaking february dude only in february this is i'm telling you the narrative change with this ice apocalypse storm the narrative changed a little bit where it's like, gosh, we were all really hopeful in January. I know we were. Everyone that's, was. Dude, that's why like racism goes like in the side. Like, dude, stop. Stop calling me racist. I don't even care about that. I'm First of all, I'm not a racist person. Second of all, I, I, I don't even act like a racist person it, at all, I don't think. And third of all, like, I don't even have time for that. Like, I'm just trying to like right, get survive. through 2021 yeah. without being called anything Dude, I'm with you. I don't have time to defend against that because it's like I'm busy actually living a life and trying to struggle with the rest of the people in my community <laughs> just to keep a job and stay. And and I told you I had a kid at the worst time. I'm like, I'm just trying to think, how do I keep beating this child that I, keeps eating? I kind of love it because I, I, maybe this is the optimism in me. And I, I, for the most part, I think I am an optimistic person. I, do, I very rarely am super like down and Debbie Downer, right? Mm. But we have a family staying with us and they got three kids. And so plus our family, plus my mother-in-law, plus Rachel's grandma, it came over here because the power's now is just freezing here. It's freezing. Mm-hmm. So we went from having six people in our house to having 12 people in our house. We doubled it and it's been almost a week. And then it looks like the power is going to be on in like four more days. And they're like, you know, they're, they're, today they're like, Oh my gosh, I feel like we're overstaying our welcome. If we need to figure something else out, we'll figure it out. And I was like, no, not at all. This not only am I okay with it, too, I th- this is a fun memory. It would be yeah. like, hey, remember in 2021 when we lost the power yeah. and we had, you know, the Cheney stay with us for like a week? That was super fun. Dude, and, and it's, it's like... a memory for our kids. You know, going back to it a little bit, it's like how the media and government tries to stir us up and divide us into sex and gender and race and all that. And they try to convince you that it's like each race and each gender against the other. And then when something disastrous happens, you know, I had like a dozen people who I... I'd like, and I'm friends with, reach out and go, but but I don't connect with all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And go, hey, man, is your power out? Yeah. If you need a place to stay, you're welcome to come over. We have a couch. We have an extra room. And I'm like, oh, that's amazing. You were one of them. I had a bunch of people at work who, you know, in all fairness, I see these people in passing, but they were like, hey, man, if you need something, let me know. And I was doing the same thing. I was like, hey, guys, like, 
I don't have electricity, but I have hot water. If anybody needs to come use like a, get a hot bath or a shower or something like that, you can use it. And it was like, oh, this really, we're not divided in that way. Like right. we are a community. There is a community here. And maybe that's what it needs. That, maybe that's what we need to break down some of this racism. And mm-hmm. I put quotation marks up for those of you who can't see. Like you put all that aside when you're just, I mean, when the bomb blows up and you're trying to like just, you're in survival mode and trying to feed your family and, mm-hmm. and, and build a shelter, you don't care what the, you don't care about what, uh, not only what their race is, hopefully not, you don't care what their belief system is. You don't care about any yeah. of that. You don't care what their gender is. You don't, you might, even if you disliked that person and you and them grew up just like at, odds with each other yeah i mean when emergencies happen you kind of cast all that aside and you go hey man let's work together and that is human nature and it's no, great it is and i was actually really impressed because and i didn't want to say this at the time but um you and i think one or two other people the day that it was the worst the ice apocalypse was the worst you're like yeah i spent all day went to this person's house cut some trees down went to another person's helped them get their fence all put together and then it was like back to your house and i go oh that's awesome like People who are willing to actually spend a day doing some hard work together is that's that's an amazing quality for a community to go. Hey, man, I'll come over and help you out. You come over and help me out. You've got people in your house. I mean, I'm staying in someone else's house right now, so it's just it's nice to know that that exists because I think that you know. And listen, maybe that's the silver lining of 2020 is that all the freaking adversity and trauma caused us to go. Hey, we need each other to some extent. Maybe. We do. Maybe we need to set the racism aside I, and the sexism we do, aside. But in spirit of Bitcoin, can you can you can you cash in your white privilege at any point for any tangible dollar amount? Gosh, I've been or is saving that, it or is up. That just like a fictional thing that people I've been made saving up? it up for thirty six years. So now would be a good time. Yeah. and I just spent a lot of which money. Which bank on a hotel do you go room. to for that? I would <laughs> yeah. love to. I would just. I'm gonna cash out. I don't even want it anymore. I'm gonna go ahead and. I don't. Where is the bank of white privilege? Because I'm ready to cash yeah. in some checks. I'm, I'm okay with not having it. I will give it to somebody else. I just want to know where I give it to. But it's it, probably a lot like Bitcoin. It's fictional and not worth anything. <laughs> Oh, leading into the next episode. Hopefully, if we can get the right people down here and snow ice apocalypse doesn't happen. Come be a guest. You know who you are. Boom. All right. If you have any questions, don't email Aaron. Definitely email me or comment on the... Uh, or DM. Like and subscribe right here. Is that what they say? Yes. I don't know what they, they say. Point. Do you, hey, are you on TikTok? Uh, I have a TikTok. Yeah. You do have a TikTok. Yeah, that's um, where I think like the thing is right now, by the yeah. way. Big time. I don't thing. know why I said that, but because like the like and subscribe is very YouTube. You know, remember, yeah. remember to like and subscribe my channel in the link below. <laughs> link my below wife right point. now, just all night, she'll just stay up all night scrolling TikTok. Oh, yeah. dude, I I made that mistake last yeah. night. I was like, uh, I should go to bed. One fifty four. Yeah, oh. I'll wake up and I'll just roll over and see her glowing face, and she'll be like laughing to herself scrolling. <laughs> some of them are freaking hilarious, dude. Man. She does. She bursts into laughter. I bet I'm like, Lynn. Okay, we get it. You TikTok, but <laughs> I'm trying to sleep here. Yeah, yeah. I'm embarrassed because I feel like that's the majority of women out there. It's like 90 percent of the women are watching TikTok and The Bachelor, and I'm like, Ah, Bachelor's stupid, but TikTok, I get on board. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm sending all my guy friends like, stop sending me TikToks, but I know secretly they're laughing. Oh, I love TikTok. Okay. I do. All right. Well, anyway, send us a, don't get on our TikTok. We don't, we, we do don't have, have one, it. but it's only got one video on it <laughs> and it's not funny. Uh, <laughs> or send us an email. All right. All right. Goodbye. Good. Goodbye.